0: Hi, and welcome to the Still to be Determined podcast. The podcast that follows up on topics from the YouTube channel Undecided with Matt Farrell. I'm Sean Farrell. I'm a writer and the older brother of Matt Farrell, who is a user interface designer and the host of Undecided. Matt, you want to say hi? Hello, everybody. So what we'll be talking about today will be the episodes from January 28th which is the top five climate change myths the episode from february 4th which was accidental tesla upgrade basically a butt dial issue (laughs) and then most recently from february 7th how a smart home can save energy fully charged live which was the conference that matthew was able to attend and speak at so first things first we're going to talk about the climate change myths and First off, Matthew, I, I really appreciated your um, invitation to civility in your <laughs> opening. Thanks. Which is, I, from my perspective, I didn't. I don't have the insight into your um, first uh, review of comments as people start leaving comments. I come in later on in the week and I and I take a look at what's going on in the conversation in your comments, and it it looked to me like for the most
1: part people were keeping it pretty subtle. Was that the case? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay. on, on past videos, people have gotten a kind of to name calling and being very derogatory. And that's what I was trying to hit off of the past. And for the most part, it worked. I did mm-hmm. get some backlash of people saying I was trying to censor people, which, uh, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just the don't be a jerk rule. That's it. This is a highly politically charged topic.
0: Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're not going to wade into the politics of it. It's really... I think your video did a very good job of saying, what is the scientific method? Yes. And what does the science say? And when people say that the science is undecided, what does that actually mean? And is that actually true? And as you point out that even the people who started that conversation by saying things were unclear, Mm -hmm. the person who was a consultant who originated that argument has now recanted it.
1: Yeah. 20 years later, he's changed his tune, so it's like... It's, and yeah. and the other side of it is
0: that there's been further scientific review of the scientific review itself, which has pointed out that there is not a lot of debate. That there is, in fact, um, maybe erroneous results because of bad science, mm-hmm. or in some cases, skewing of results in order to reinforce expectations. One thing you didn't get into in your video was those times when it's industries that would be impacted by regulation change that may be funding in fact some of the studies yep and that's that i know plays a part in it and then there's also the inability to have a conversation in some circles if you bring up certain rhetoric like the use of the phrase climate change is in some states not even allowed to be in legislation so if they change regulation the way they have to do it is they have to come up with misnomers So they can actually talk about things like the erosion of their coasts or the impact
1: of uh, three times as many hurricanes a year as previously. There's a lot of political there's trigger words that if you say certain things, people immediately just tune out and will just disprove everything you're saying because you've used those trigger words. And uh, I got a lot of it in the comments of people about that 97 percent number of people were flipping out over me using that as uh, a point. Because it's, quote, been disproven, which it hasn't. (laughs) (laughs) I'll ignore that for now.
0: Yeah. And one of the comments, a couple of the comments that I saw actually revolved around the idea that there was, even if there is climate change taking place, it just doesn't matter. Yeah. And there was one that pointed out that in the 1970s, there had been a wave of media around the idea that we're entering a new ice age yep and on the other side were comments along the lines of yes the the climate is changing the climate has changed before none of this really matters except for the use of it as a means of getting more money out of our pockets Mm -hmm. i want to get your thoughts on the those two arguments separately the first one being it just doesn't matter for me, I, I hear that and I and I hear a lack of personal context. You know, it, it seems to me like that's a comment that's said by somebody who has not been directly impacted by climate change. And we have uh, an ever-growing number of people who are impacted by it. What I think is um, dispiriting is the... Inability to get the message across that some things that don't seem like the directly related to climate change are, in fact, related to it. Right. The growth of diseases of certain kinds um, as the environment is is warming in regions where things like um, mosquito borne uh, infections would normally not be seen because climate is, is changing and the, and the insect populations are able to thrive in areas where they may have struggled previously. It's spreading certain diseases like West Nile, um, living in New York city, uh, and having West Nile show up here and having spraying done in order to kill the mosquitoes and seeing orange powder on the grass, um, in the neighborhood parks, while people are walking their dogs through it, and realizing that they're walking their dogs through poison. Yeah, um, it's a few steps removed, but that is related to climate change. And you know, on a personal level, we have family who live in the Midwest, and the Midwest right now is undergoing has been going through flooding.
1: the The problem though is it's like that old saying of you know a frog in like a boiling pot of water. Yeah, you no, know, not knowing <laughs> that it's it's starting to boil alive. Yeah, it's kind of like what's going on right now. Because people look at their little their little world, they see and, their pocket, and yeah. they and they don't see any significant change for them. So it's all a hoax, and yet right. it is happening to them. They just don't recognize it yet. And where it's happening f- the quickest is like regions like northern climates, like in Norway. Mm-hmm. It's like where the glo- glaciers are melting. It's like that's where the changes are the most profound right now. Right. So they're seeing it before we're really seeing the heaviest impact. So it's like in twenty years we're all going to be seeing the impact pretty heavily. So it's, right. it's just this myopic view of it's fine in my world, so I don't care. Right.
0: Yeah. And you go to the supermarket, you don't see a shortage. Correct. But in 10 years, if the Midwest keeps flooding the way it does, and it's not able to grow enough crops, we're going to start seeing those shortages. Yep. If, if farms are, are to impacted, up. prices yeah. are going to go up. If you yep. have regions of California that are under constant fire alert, everything going on in Australia where... Um, the fires there are directly related to climate change. It's yep. it's a little dispiriting to hear somebody say, "Well, it doesn't really matter," and pointing out things like the world used to be warmer, it used to be cooler. You know, things have always been fine. Our current level of society, the way our society is structured, is structured on a environment that. Basically, it was like fifty years ago. If that environment changes, I don't know that the society that we have currently has the speed to adapt. No, so that's the that's the big the big fear is yep, exactly. not that will humans survive. Humans can adapt. Humans can survive, but can our current society and the way our society is structured survive? And that's the big question mark.
1: The the other thing I'd want to point out is a lot of people even on even on the green movement say save the planet. And there's something I love that Neil deGrasse Tyson always says, the planet's going to be here long after we are, you know, it's like, we're not about saving the planet. It's about saving ourselves. So that's my view on it. It's like, we're trying to save humanity and our current way of life. It's not about saving the planet.
0: Yeah. That ties into another comment that I saw, which was, uh, there were a few comments from people pointing out things that you had left out of your video. One of the big ones being atomic power. Yeah, And one uh, commenter wrote that you left out one important power source in your video, atomic power. Yes, atomic power has a few issues to solve. That being said, it will provide more and longer term energy than all the rest. Bill Gates is working on a traveling wave reactor, TWR, that will run on depleted uranium as opposed to enriched uranium. I'm personally in favor of atomic power for a long term, uninterruptible source of power.
1: I I hear this one a lot on... I did a video about battery storage for grid-scale energy use, and this comes up all the time. We should just use atomic energy. It provides clean power, blah, 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 blah. Uh, I don't disagree with the fact that it it does produce clean power when it's actually generating the power, yes, but you're also ending up with (laughs) materials that are highly radioactive and will remain radioactive for hundreds of years that you have to deal with once it's been used.
0: There's also the the not in my backyard problem, because where are, where are you going to put them?
1: And the, and the other side of it is you can't account for every single situation. And an example of that, I mean, Chernobyl is kind of a people point at Chernobyl and Three Mile Island. And some of those problems were mismanagement. Yeah. Um, but you can point to uh, Japan, the nuclear reactor issue in Japan. That wasn't mismanagement. That was a uh, earthquake and uh mm-hmm. It was a natural disaster that caused that, and it, it's horrific. And yeah. so it's like that's what you're, you're gambling with when you go with atomic energy. So that's yeah. kind of where it's like in an ideal situation, yes, nuclear power is a great solution, but it, it's, it's dangerous. It's dangerous. There's, there's no way around it. I also have
0: issue with it as a reliable power source globally because mm-hmm. Europe and the US and China can go to any number of countries around the world small countries and help them install solar panels or help them put up wind turbines or the development of um sewer, some technologies that have been tested in um in the UK in the North Sea which I think is fascinating they've they're they're working on a what's basically a net That lays on the ocean. Yeah. And the North Sea is so turbulent that this net has motion where from link to link, it's extremely volatile movement up and down. It's kinetic energy. It's
1: kinetic energy. And then that kinetic kinetic energy,
0: energy. they they have, they have turbines in the links of the net so that what this net is doing is as it's moving, those turbines are getting cranked by the motion of the water. And you want to avoid saying things like the motion of the ocean, just because <laughs> my my thirteen year old brain jumps to a place where it it shouldn't go. But um, the the motion is is kinetic energy being turned into stored energy, where there's there's power uh, cables that basically run to batteries that are on shore. Mm-hmm. And so you could have the opportunity for countries to go around to smaller, poorer countries and help install these things. We're not going to have these wealthier nations going to smaller nations and just installing nuclear power plants. We're not going to have people going in and saying like, good luck running this safely and planting those all over the planet. That's just not going to happen.
1: The other issue is, nuclear power plants are expensive to build and to maintain. Yeah. So when you look at costs of energy generation, it's not the cheapest method of energy generation anymore. So even companies are not going to want to go that path for even rich nations, because why would you do that when you can build solar arrays and wind farms and hydro plants and all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. for less money? It's like when you're a profit driven company, you're going to follow the profits. Right. And so to me, it's, when there are truly safe renewable energy formats that are out there that we can dive into, why would you go nuclear? <laughs> right. <laughs> Cause there's the danger around it, the expense around it. It's like, yes, technically it doesn't add, you know, carbon dioxide equivalents into the atmosphere. True, but mm-hmm. it's not the best method anymore.
0: I can also understand the appeal of it because it sounds almost like magic. There's yeah. this idea of doesn't matter if it's windy doesn't matter if it's sunny. doesn't matter if it's cloudy. There's this rock inside this building that just creates energy. Well, And that does, know. there is appeal to that. I can understand the appeal of that. It's good that they're competing in that way. It's good that they're trying different things. Yes. You know, if Bill Gates was simply saying, I'm going to, I'm going to develop a solar panel and develop a car and develop, you know, like that wouldn't necessarily be the best thing. It may be best to say, like, let's try a completely different path.
1: That's that's the other thing I have often often responded to people in my comments with is there's not one way to skin a cat here. It's like we can have multiple different vectors here. Like some places use nuclear, some places use solar, some places use wind. It's not like there's one format that's going to win and rule the world. Yeah. Even when we finally do get fusion energy working, that's not going to be every single thing. It's going to be used in pockets where it makes the most sense. And I think what we really want is a lot of skinned cats. Exactly.
0: Yeah. So a little bit of a transition from talking about is nuclear power, the salvation of humanity (laughs) to what happens when you butt dial (laughs) an upgrade, which that's a, that's a nightmarish um, story. And, and as you point out, it's the issue of the butt dial led to, communication between the person who butt dialed and tesla eventually to Elon musk but the question of was the only reason he got a response because of celebrity yes um and that's not the first time that's happened you see it happened a lot where you know a celebrity gets to be able to call out and get a response and kind of move the dial Mm -hmm. in a way that the rest of the public hasn't been able to do and in your comments I'm not sure if you saw this one. This one's from Bobby Schiffler. And he wrote, this is timely for me as I've been dealing with Tesla's poor customer service these past few weeks. I ordered two Model 3s last week and need to get one canceled. I ordered two because when I clicked the order button, I got an error message, 404. So I hit the back button and tried again. Same Mm -hmm. error when I clicked I then decided to log out and log in again. Upon checking my account home screen, I noticed that I now have two blue Model 3 long-range AWDs (laughs) on order. Oh, my God. So there is no way to chat with Tesla support on the site and no email address or other modern means of contact. Instead, they direct you to call a toll-free number, which I did. Long story short, I've spoken to three different Tesla employees at the Richmond, Virginia store, each of whom was super friendly and understanding. However, all I've gotten so far is three promises to contact an internal team to get it resolved and the assurance that I'd get a phone call back later that day. No no resolution and no return call. For a company that's so cutting edge, their customer service, and in particular, their lack of standard operating procedures and structure for dealing with these issues is frankly shocking. Mm -hmm. I This story kind of curled my toes the idea. (laughs) 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 Like, we're going to have your two cars ready soon. Like, well, what? And the saving grace here is probably that Tesla's ordering of cars is notoriously down the road. I mean, like you're ordering today, but you might not get your car for a couple of months. It's back ordered, Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, that's the saving grace here is that he's been, he's given time
1: basically accidentally well, to try the, and rectify this. The other thing though, is like, it's not going to become an issue until he would actually pick it up and actually finish the paperwork and pay for it. So it's not like he's out of luck here. Right. Do you know what I mean? So it's like you pick up one of the cars and you refuse the other one and it's, you're, you're, you're going to be fine. But it is exceptionally aggravating. It's, it's a little it's a little terrifying. Yes, um, especially if, especially if this is his first interaction with the company. It's like this is not setting a good tone. Yeah. And with you a new and customer.
0: you you go into your it was uh, fascinating. I'd never heard the phrase before the uh, dark patterns. Yes. I see them all the time. They're everywhere. And it hadn't ever occurred to me that there would actually be an industry term for what that is, or that it would be something would be analyzed. And as you talked about it, it was really kind of a lot of light bulb moments for me. Having that moment of when you said your interactions with some of your colleagues and saying to them, we shouldn't do this. And the response being, yeah, but we don't want people to close their account. Yep. And that for me was like a, a head slap moment of, well, of course you don't, but this isn't how you do that. Yes. You don't, you know, it's, it, it reminded me a little bit of the movie misery. She (laughs) ties him to the bed and hobbles him. Yes. Because she doesn't want him to leave. Well, yeah. Of course you don't want him to leave, but hobbling him, maybe is not the best way to go about getting him to,
1: to stay. There's an odd attitude. I mean, I've been doing this for a very long time. Um, There's an attitude often that comes through that when you read between the lines, it's a view that the users are kind of sheep. Right. And they're not thinking for themselves. Right. So if you put this stuff in front of them, they'll be like, oh. I can cancel my account. I'm going to cancel my account. But that's not how human beings work. Right. (laughs) You want what you want and you're going to want to do it. Right. And if you want to cancel your account, you're going to want to cancel your account. So you're going to try to find out how to do it. So the fact that you're hiding it is only making the person who's already aggravated even more aggravated. And I've had that person. I've had that experience myself
0: and Uh and filling out forms and getting to that pre-checked box that says, yes, please send me offers every day. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, and, and I've had the moment where I've, I've thought, you know, if they had multiple options and one of them was, please send me offers. And another one was, please only send me offers once a month. I might check the second one. You know, the idea of giving the customers the respect of being able to choose what they would like
1: um, seems to be lost on on most of the design choices it's it's i I worked in video games for a long time and it's the basic ui and ux methodology that i've always abided by is it's the carrot versus the stick and you do you want to lure people in and entice them to do something or do you want to like force them to do it Right. And in video games, oftentimes one of the mantras is you don't want to force, you don't want to be negative against the user. You want to make them feel happy and euphoric when they're playing the game. Right. So you don't penalize them and take points away, but you reward points for doing certain things. So it's a reward versus a penalty. Right. And that's kind of the methodology here. It's, it's, you're, you're penalizing the person for wanting to do something you don't want them to do instead of trying to reward them for doing things you actually want them to do and making it sound really enticing and giving them something they're going to naturally want to do.
0: It reminds so, me of the evolution of video games where they did away with the three lives and you're out.
1: Yeah, exa- exactly. Yeah. That's it's that sort of like, yeah.
0: like having the moment when the first time I played a video game where it was like, Oh, I can, I can keep reviving and play for as long as I want. That's great. Yes. <laughs> and, exactly. and I would
1: have liked to have been in the room with the guy who was just like, why are we only giving them three lives? Well, originally that was designed that way because it was you were pumping quarters into a machine it was trying to get money out of you and once that that business model died it was like why are we doing this it's just making it awful to play
0: yeah in a related uh story i i have a friend whose identity was recently stolen oh god and it was because somebody And it was unclear. Um, Police have been involved. And it's unclear as to whether or not somebody was able to. Hack into something and steal his landline number or if it was by an error on Spectrum's part. But if it was Spectrum's part, what they ended up doing was they ended up giving his number to somebody else. Oh, my God. And. What ended up happening was that person was able to get into his account because they now had that number. Yep. And yep. they were able to get his name, his address, all the personal information that was in the account, which included bank account information. They were able then to use that to go in and change stuff with the bank. mm because they had the landline number when the call came in to confirm the change, they had the number. Right. And they kept saying, yes, we are that person. We are John Smith. Yep. And it was a couple of weeks before he discovered that all of this was happening. He was contacting the phone company and saying something's wrong with my phone. My phone's not working. And they kept telling him, nope, we've checked it. Your phone is working fine. (laughs) (laughs) When he finally discovered that there was this issue, that his identity had been stolen and the number had been transferred, the number had been transferred to T-Mobile. Yeah. So what apparently had happened is somebody at Spectrum had erroneously transferred his landline number to somebody's cell phone. Yep. Spectrum and T-Mobile do not talk to each other. They will not talk to each other. And it was a weeks long process of him talking to police officers, calling multiple companies, calling banks. Every time he would call T-Mobile, he was being told, you don't have an account here. Why are you calling us? He hit a point where he kind of had his light bulb moment. His light bulb moment was, this is because of the deregulation of the telecom industry. Uh-huh. There is no procedure in place. There's no, there's no protection of the consumer. When it comes to an issue like this, the companies don't have to have a process where this kind of issue forces them to be able to talk to each other and figure out how to resolve it. And he I've never seen anybody who looked more like he was going to if somebody from T-Mobile or Spectrum had walked into the room, I think he would have beaten them to death. (laughs) It it's was awful. remarkable. That is and, awful. and he kept saying, he's kept saying it's because they don't have to do anything for the consumer. They can just look inward and make decisions for themselves. Yep. And having somebody at Spectrum say, no, your phone is working fine. He's like, no, it's not. It's literally not. It's dead. My phone doesn't have dial tone. No, according to our records, your phone is working fine.
1: Yeah, they can then dust off their hands and, and that throw them in because the they, go, they don't have
0: there's no process yeah. there's no procedure for yeah. protecting the consumer and so our you know, this is our quick hits episode uh on to our last issue which was the episode revolving around your travels to texas to fully charge yeah. live you want to talk about that a little bit what was yeah, that trip sure. like
1: yeah it was it was incredible and it was it was a uh, this is going to sound strange for me to say this, but it was also very weird because I am not a celebrity, but yet this is the closest I think I've ever come to feeling like a rock star. <laughs> it was really, really bizarre. Um, I've, I've joked with uh, Sue, my wife, I've said, you know, like I'm an F-level celebrity. And this event just happened to be highly concentrated with people that know F-level celebrities. (laughs) (laughs) But it it all started in a very weird way when I was at Boston's Logan Airport waiting for my flight. A JetBlue pilot was walking down (laughs) past the gates and saw me and came over and went, Matt (laughs) Farrell? And and Sue looked kind of panicked. She thought, oh, my God, are we going to get kicked off our flight? What's going on? And he was like, I watch your channel. I love your channel. And so we started chatting about his Tesla. And he was talking about all the pilots are getting Teslas. He goes, if you got the garage, you'll see a whole bunch of rows of Teslas just lined up. It's all the pilots. That makes sense. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. So he, he shook my hand and went on his way. And then I'm on the plane. And I went to the bathroom. And when I came out of the bathroom... There was somebody else going, hey, Matt (laughs) Farrell. It's like, okay, this is good for (laughs) me. So those are the first two times I've been recognized just kind of like out in the world, uh, which was really weird. But then at the event, uh, it's not an exaggeration to say I couldn't walk probably five feet before somebody would come over, shake my hand, take a selfie, ask me to sign an autograph. That must have been fun. A little exhausting, too, I bet. It was it was. It was exhausting. Um, after the day's events, it was like, I was just ready to go home and go to bed. Yeah. (laughs) But it was also really cool because it was like, I make these videos in like a little bubble. Like I'm in my office talking to a camera by myself and I edit them and I put them out and I get the comments, I read the comments, but there's that gap, you know, Mm -hmm. because it's not face to face. It's just like reading emails or text messages. And it's just kind of like part of the process. And this was human beings face to face talking to me and thanking me for videos and giving me their thoughts and just chatting. And it was, it was like reaffirming that I'm doing something that is impacting some people. And it's, it's right. It's awesome. It was just like, it was fantastic. And I got to meet a bunch of my patrons from Patreon and talk to a bunch of them for quite some time and get to know them. And it's like, that human connection is something I didn't realize how much I've been missing. Um, Right. In this yeah. whole process, it's been really kind of eye opening.
0: Yeah, I was talking to somebody about your. You shared a few of those anecdotes about how surprised you were at the number of people that were interested in your talk in the first place. You said that it was standing room only in the yeah. talk <laughs> and that you had been anticipating if a dozen people were there, it would be considered a success. Yes. Um, and I was talking to somebody about. It, I'm, I, I'm a writer, so I have that similar experience of the audience for my work is nowhere near me, nowhere in sight. Yeah. And yeah. to have that sort of going into the world and finding your people in that way can be shocking, can be mm-hmm. overwhelming. And you did two talks, if I remember correctly. You did a panel.
1: Yeah, I did, I did an individual talk and then yeah. I was on a panel.
0: Right. So it's, it's nice that you were able to do the panel as well, because I've, I've been a part of a panel and being a part of a panel gives you a little bit of a, I'm not in this alone reassurance. Yeah. And cause it can be a little, <laughs> there can be some heavy breathing before getting up to a podium when you know
1: you're it. That, that's exactly what I, I was yeah. so nervous for my talk. <laughs> I can't tell you how nervous I was, but the panel, I did. I had no nerves whatsoever about the right. panel because I, right. I wasn't alone.
0: Yeah. So I don't think there's, um, for the how a smart home can save energy talk. I don't think that there's a lot for us to chat about because it's, first of all, it's a, it's a longer video. Yeah. Um, but it is actually very interesting. And I recommend our listeners if they haven't checked it out uh, to, to watch it because it really is a, a nice jumping off point for if you don't know what the process would look like or what questions to even ask about how do I do this? it's a good introduction to all of that and it's and it's also neat to see uh the presentation that you put together which is nicely done oh thank you yeah so it's 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 definitely worth checking out
1: in the q a section i would recommend sticking through the q a in the end of the video because there were some good questions and some really good suggestions from people in the room that are Mm -hmm. worth hearing out too
0: who recorded the video was that that was sue Okay. So Sue did the video and <laughs> yeah. then the presentation, which you occasionally go in and out of actually showing the presentation full yeah. screen, Yeah, which I thought was very helpful. Um, and it reminded me of, of TED talk videos where they're able to go back and forth between the presentation itself and the person on the stage. So it had that kind of informative quality um, as opposed to trying to read a screen,
1: a projection behind you which was helpful. That that didn't work when I was, I thought it was going to work and it didn't work. So I superimposed it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a well done talk and it's, and it's an interesting talk and the Q and a is worth, is worth listening to as well as you pointed out. So that's a quick hit podcast right there. That's three videos, all of which are interesting in their own right. And other than your involvement, they are about three very separate things. Yeah. (laughs) So this, podcast may, this podcast may have felt like it was a little bit all over the place, but um, hopefully it's been interesting for everybody to listen to. Let us know what you think. You can reach out to us at Twitter at still TBD FM or you can write to me at by Sean Farrell. You can write to Matt at, at Matt Farrell or at undecided MF. Be sure to watch the latest videos from Matt's channel, Undecided with Matt Farrell on YouTube, and you can subscribe to him. You can subscribe to us. You can find us at stilltbd.fm, and you can subscribe to us through any of the major podcast providers like iTunes, Spotify. There seemed to be an issue last week with, was it the iTunes, but I guess that got straightened out? Uh, I'm not sure.
1: (laughs) <laughs> what
0: happened? <laughs> okay. We'll have to, uh, if anybody has any issues, please reach out to us. We had yeah. a listener who did that. He reached out and he said, I'm having trouble with the uh, iTunes. And Matt was able to provide him with a link oh, that's that right. I think resolved it.
1: Yeah. He wasn't um, able to find us because he was searching for TBD and you have to type in to be determined. You can't oh, do okay. the abbreviation. So okay. That's what it was.
0: Feel free to give us a rating, give us a review, share it with your friends. It really helps the channel. It helps his YouTube channel and it helps this podcast. And we've mentioned gaming in this episode, uh, just on the off chance that there's anybody out there who enjoys Destiny 2 and is on <laughs> PlayStation. We do have a clan. It currently has two members. <laughs> You're talking to them right now. <laughs> and one of them is me and one of them is matthew but we are looking for other people to join us so if anybody wants to look for us we are the still tbd clan so (laughs) look at that synergy it's great (laughs) we'd love for people to reach out and join us in the clan and game with us and chat about things from the channel from the podcast or chat about things not from the channel and the podcast (laughs) because we like to chat about lots of things so thanks for listening and we will talk to you next time